Hello, my name is Ben Jenkins. Welcome back to another episode of the ACN Podcast, the official podcast of Australian College of Nursing. In today's episode, I speak with Professor Deborah Jackson. Professor Jackson is currently a professor of nursing at the University of Technology in Sydney and has been the chief editor of the Journal of Clinical Nursing for the last six and a half years. In today's episode, we talk all about Professor Jackson's journey into nursing. We speak about her transition from bedside nursing into more of an area of research. And finally, we draw upon Professor Jackson's wealth of knowledge when it comes to journal articles in regards to bettering someone's chances of getting their work published within a journal such as the Journal of Clinical Nursing. As you'll notice within today's episode, you're going to find that there's a little tiny bit of background noise and I apologise and I've put some things in uh, in place so it doesn't happen again. But otherwise, I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Professor Deborah Jackson. Professor Jackson, welcome to the ACN podcast. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. I've been looking forward to having this discussion with you for a very long time. There's so much that we could be talking about. You are such a big figure in the nursing world. That's how I see it. You you wear many, many hats. And so a large part of this episode today, I'd love to be talking to you uh, predominantly around leadership when it comes to you, uh, time management, how you prioritize tasks. I'm talking about your role as the chief editor for the Journal of Clinical Nursing, which is an incredibly big journal for, for nursing research. Uh, to start with, I'd love to know a little bit more about you. So to start the episode today, can we learn a little bit more about your journey into nursing? Yes. So um, when I was very young, I had an aunt who was my favourite aunt and she was a nurse. And I always used to look forward to spending time with her as a child. And I think she had a big influence on me wanting to be a nurse. I always saw her, her as having a fabulous career. She always seemed to be, in, she was the most interesting of all my aunts. And so I... Uh, was always attracted to nursing, I think probably because of her influence. And then I started nursing when I was very young. And um, I love nursing. It's such a wonderful career. And, and it's, it's all I've ever done, really. Um, I've had a couple of little breaks from it, but pretty much it's all I've done. And I still think that nursing just takes you on an amazing journey. And you learn so much about yourself, but you learn so much about the human condition because you see things that most people will never see. And you get to, I guess, um, you, you share aspects of life that are, are, are largely hidden. And so sometimes that can be upsetting and distressing and traumatizing, but lots of times it's also joyful and, um, you know, very uplifting. So, and also I love being a nurse. I actually love being part of a community of um, health professionals who really do want to make a difference. And I don't think we always get it right, but we always try to get it right. And when we don't get it right, we do go through a process of how can we make it better. So to me, I, I came into nursing very young, and I think it's given me more than I've given it, really. Yeah. So with your career as a nurse as well, you've obviously had quite a lot of clinical experience, and then you've made that transition into research. What was that catalyst for, for maybe pushing that more research focus as opposed to the bedside nursing? Um, well, I've always loved nursing or in all forms, and I've worked in the community and I've worked in hospitals, and I, I love community work, but I also love the energy of the hospital. I love it that you walk into a building every day where every single person in that building is focusing on helping people be healthier, um, helping people in their most difficult moments. 
So I have always loved nursing, um, but it was about, I guess, in the late, well, a good few years ago now, where I, I really started to think about where did I want my career to take me. And um, at that time, I'd only ever done clinical nursing. I hadn't done anything else. And that was a time when the nursing moved into the tertiary sector. And so at that time, those of us that were nursing, we were all made acutely aware that our qualification was no longer, you know, the optimal qualification. And so I decided with many of my friends to go and do an upgrade of my qualification. So I went to university and... Um, and going to university and doing nursing in a university, even though I was at the time working as a hospital nurse and had been for many years, um, it just opened my eyes to things in ways that I hadn't really been exposed to before. Because when I did my initial nurse training, like it sounds laughable now, but we, we made it all the way through without hardly ever visiting a library or reading a book. You know, really, I mean, it sounds terrible because we were very skilled, but um, it kind of, nursing was more about doing nursing then. And I guess going and doing that course made me realise about thinking about nursing, mm. where I hadn't really done that. Um, and so, and through the people I met there who were teaching us, I'd never met academic nurses before, or I didn't know about the huge literature about nursing, I, I didn't really know any of that. And so that was very transformative for me, to meet people who questioned things and who didn't just accept that we did something because we'd always done it that way. Um, and so that started me on a journey of education that really lasted for probably about 14 years, uh, where I just wanted to know more about stuff, you know. Uh, and that's the beauty of nursing, of course, because all sorts of stuff interests us and all sorts of stuff is relevant to what we do. So I got quite inquisitive and uh, wanted to know more about things. And so, and then as my career progressed and I, so I ended up doing a master's degree as well in nursing. And that's where for the first time I really met nursing research was as a part of that master's degree. So, yeah, it's going to, it was education that, was quite transformative. So even with the, and that's what I love about nursing as well, I'm very fresh. This is my third year as a registered nurse and already I'm able to speak to someone like yourself and some of the other guests I've had on this podcast and just hearing the diversity of their experiences is just so motivating to want to keep pushing on as a registered nurse. Uh, with this as well, like you've talking about the clinical experiences, you're now talking about research, even just listening to your accent, it sounds as if you've been quite all over the world. I'm hearing some Australian. We've also got some some Kiwi twings in there as well. We've got some a UK. You've yep. moved around the world quite a lot and you've also been uh, within a lot of different universities and tertiary institutions all around the world. Is that something that you ever thought you'd be doing early on in your career? Not in a million years. Like just not in a million years did I ever think. And that's one of the beautiful things about nursing that when you become a nurse, you become part of a worldwide community of other nurses and so um, I'd never really traveled and never um, really conceived of nursing outside my own immediate environment um, until I was quite mature in my career and I, I was I'd done my PhD and um, I remember my supervisor who was a wonderful mentor to me he was a fantastic influence on me and he urged me to travel and to go and 
And of course, by that time, I had started to read work from America and the UK and China and all dif the different places where nursing research was happening. So, uh, I so, so I, I'd started to develop an awareness that many of the things in nursing that um, that bother us are actually international pro issues, and so that. Um, so sometimes I think in, in, in life, but in nursing as well, we sometimes focus a lot on what divides us, but we, there's also an awful lot that binds us. And that's the thing about nursing, that you, that, um, you can, you can travel, you can, um, um, like the first time I went to America, and um, I didn't know anybody in America, but I knew to start to stand health, health services for people that so I ended up contacting a local nursing organization in San Francisco and introducing myself and saying you know I was coming to what I see and they like prepared the most amazing program for me and I ended up being able to go in and participate in healthcare in about 15 different centers during my visit and that's when I really realized that what it is to be a nurse that when you're a nurse there is a whole community who, who I've done a lot of um, international work so I have um, I do work with colleagues from many countries and I've held jobs I went to work in the UK for a while and um, yeah, so that's another great thing about nursing is that it, nursing can take you anywhere and everywhere unlike many other professions, yeah. So something I'd like to talk about as well as the, the good things, I'd also like to talk about the challenges. Obviously, coming through that time, you, you're at a stage where you're hospital trained, you then come into this whole, uh, the, the uni degrees are starting to come into it, are starting to enter into universities. You've now talking about how you're, you're going overseas and you're doing all this research, but what are some of the big challenges that stand out to you during this time, even if it's challenges clinically or maybe challenge, challenges entering into research? And how did you overcome those challenges? Look, there's a, there's a, there are challenges. So there's all sorts of challenges about busyness, about being time poor. People like me had a very poor preparation because our original nurse education did not prepare us for university study. So we had to go back to basics to a point of learning what referencing was um, and, and how to search for things. So we were quite, had quite a low academic literacy. I think when, well, I certainly did when I started. I didn't know how to use a computer, really. Um, so there are those challenges, but those challenges can be overcome because, A, there's usually a lot of people who are willing to help, and every university has services, student services, and those types of things. So that's more or less just a matter of, um, you know, finding out, finding where the help is and then accessing that help. There are other challenges like uh, financial challenges. So in my own situation, I was a single mum and it was always a struggle for me to try to work out how I was going to buy books and get through uni, but you know, I, I did manage to do it. Again, that's another blessing with nursing because uh, my every hospital I worked at was always so helpful to me, trying to give me shifts that would support my studies. So I think that's another plus about nursing is that we're, we can sometimes work those shifts that might not be much fun to work, but it still allows you to pay your rent and put food on the table 
and still study. Now, having said that, I did take a lot longer to finish my degrees than what I would have had I gone full time, but it just wasn't an option for me. So I just accepted that. One of the challenges, which I still think in some places is a challenge, is that sometimes that not every um, part of nursing really welcomes um, a lot of scrutiny. And, um, and so sometimes you get this, this kind of divide where people think, well, you're either a, um, a person who does nursing or you're a person who talks about nursing, when actually we need, you know, there's actually a lot more connection between the doing nursing and the, and the thinking about nursing. Um, so, yeah, so, so I think, so the, the challenges, but, but then again, it's also important, and I think this is so in life, that really and truly, most people have support all around them. Whether or not we know it or we feel it, sometimes we feel alone and isolated and whatever, but actually it is always a matter of finding that support. And to me, that's where things like the college come in. Because nursing organisations are a great thing, um, way to find other like-minded nurses. So you might work in a setting where no one else is interested in study, no one else is interested in research, and you, you, you know, you might feel a little like you're the odd one out. But this is where belonging to an organisation, a nursing organisation, can give you a peer group of like-minded people, so that actually you know that in this organisation, people aren't sort of thinking the same way I am. However, I've got this other peer group here, and this group helps validate me and helps helps me realise that it is important to want to be a bit more questioning about the things that I do. So I think looking for support whenever there's a challenge, one of the sayings I've got then is you, you shouldn't let anything stand in the way of you and what you want to achieve. And if people put barriers up, you simply have to learn to get around them, under them, over them somehow. And that's where, as I say, finding that support with your nursing organisations can be really, really important. Beautiful. Now I'd like to transition the, the conversation today in more of a leadership focus. So. Again, as I sort of alluded to at the beginning of the episode, you wear many, many hats. <laughs> you hold many positions, and I sort of refer to those in the in introduction. But I'd like to focus specifically on your role as the chief editor for the Journal of Clinical Nursing. You've held that position now for over six and a half years. Uh, with everything that you do, uh, being a professor at a university, with visiting professors at other universities, with this Journal of Clinical Nursing, what are some of your big top tips that you've learned over all of these years in regards to time management? Okay, so um, time, look, time's the most precious resource it really is um, because m most people these days are time poor. You know, people are studying, working, they've got family commitments, other hobbies. So to me, I've always said one of the um, worst things you can do to a colleague is to waste their time because you're wasting someone's time, it's just not nice at all. So I'm, I've, I've had to learn um, how to manage time and I actually, it sounds like a, such a simple thing, but I have little tips and tricks. So I will spend a certain amount of hours on something. So if I'm asked to do, a, so for example, I might have a couple of hours in the day, I think those, those are the couple of hours I'll spend on the journal. Now I, I might not get through everything in that couple of hours, but I can still do some things. So there, and, and then I, so I manage my diary very well. So I, for example, um, 
because I also like to write. Writing's my actual passion, and I, I really love to write. So I and finding time to write is also really important to me. So I uh, already know about myself that my best thinking time is first thing in the morning. So if I'm with my writing, I try and give myself for writing those first few hours in the morning because I know as the day goes on, I'm not so sharp and then I can do other stuff like emails and whatever. So I guess it, I learnt, for all people, it's about learning about yourself. So, so to me, the, the, the morning hours, and I know for many of my students, sometimes they think they work well at night, but a lot of people work very well first thing in the morning. And as the day goes on, you just, you're not as creative. So it's about learning about yourself. And then it's about, um, I always also work from lists. So I have lists of things I like to achieve because I get really frustrated. And I, I know I'm not alone in this. It's sometimes you can seem to work all day and achieve nothing. And you can get quite frustrated because you think I've been busy all day. And here it is. And not one of the things that I want to do this morning have I done. And that can be incredibly frustrating. So I work to lists now and I think, well, actually, you did 16 things today. You might have wanted to do 25, but you did 16. So I've learned in a way to kind of keep myself motivated and keep myself, um, you know, energetic. I, I, I usually have lists of, and goals and, and, and everyone's different, but that works for me because I, as you say, I do have a lot of commitments and um, and so you know, I've had, trial and error is what's worked, you know, what I've used, and I know that this is, keeps me at my optimum productivity. So it's choosing what time of the day do I spend on certain things, how long I'll spend on certain things, and, and the lists. Deborah, you alluded to that you have, again, all of these things going on, but how do you prioritise what you're going to be taking on as new? So you're a professor at university, you've got this role as chief editor, you've, you're obviously being asked to do so many things and there are probably things that you look at and that excite you as well, but how do you, how do you select which things that you want to take on and which things that you might have to say no to? Um, well, a, a couple of ways. So firstly, um, I think certain things excite me and would make me want to participate in them. So I'm really interested in things like patient safety, how do we reduce preventable harm to people? I'm very interested in social justice issues. It troubles me enormously that some people don't have access to, you know, equitable access to healthcare. I know most many nurses find that quite distressing. Um, and so, obviously, if it's something that I think is really important to me personally, and that and that's often things like equity equity issues. Um, patient safety issues because it always it's very upsetting and distressing to think the amount of patients who are harmed in care and that mostly it's preventable. Um, but also sometimes, you know, I also am conscious of the fact that, um, you know, some things are really important to nursing and that it's really important that we as leaders speak about those things. And I think that today's leader in nursing um, has to be courageous. And I think you can look at many models of leadership. There's zillions of them. I've done a lot of work around leadership and there's so many models of leadership. But a couple of things I think are really important to leadership that aren't in, in the models really. And one is courage. And I think our leaders should be able to speak up about stuff, even, even stuff that's hard to say. And I think if we don't do that, we let all of our nursing colleagues down because not everybody's got 
got the voice that some of us have got that are in the leadership position. So I think um, I, if, if I think something's important and we need to speak up on it, we need to say something, I will certainly, uh, you know, want to commit to that. Um, so to me, it's it's the relative importance, I guess, of the thing that I'm being asked to do. And then the other thing is I work to deadlines, Ben. So, you know, I think if this thing is due next Friday, have, is it going to be achievable or not? But when I do take something on, I do like to see it through. So uh, I don't like to let people down. So um, I, I work to deadlines and I, I try to think about when is this due? And I set myself deadlines because, again, for me that works and make sure I get, get things done. Okay. So I'm going to detour just a little bit into another sort of area now. So as the chief editor of the Journal of Clinical Nursing, you obviously see quite a few... I'm not sure if this is the wording's correct, but applications for being able to publish people's and researchers' work within the journal itself. So seeing all of this research coming away day after day, do you have any tips for those types of nurses who may be looking at submitting and publishing their work within that journal of the Journal of Clinical Nursing from your time and experience? What what some of the tips and tricks can they do in order to better enhance their chances of, of getting it published? Okay, that's a great now we do, we get literally hundreds of manuscripts a week from all over the world. And um, obviously a lot, we recognise that a lot of work goes into what each and every one of those papers. However, we can't, simply can't publish them all and many, many, many papers are rejected. Um, and the tips and tricks I would give are, are as follows. So um, if you're a novice writer, I would urge you to write with an experienced person. So to seek out somebody who's published before. Um, I can remember when I published a paper and I was very junior and I started writing when I was a hospital nurse and I'd written this paper and I just wasn't sure if it was good or not but I really wanted to, to get, get to say this, this thing. So I, I wrote to this nurse who was a leading nurse in the country who I didn't even know and just said I want to, I've written this paper, would you mind looking at it? And she looked at it and she gave me good feedback. So she ended up co-authoring it with me. Mm. And that made me a lot more confident because I, it just made me confident to think, here's a person who's experienced, she's looked at it. Um, and I thought, well, if I, what I've said is complete rubbish, um, you know, she, I would have been a, she wouldn't have let that happen sort of thing. So I, so I think that's a really important thing as a novice writer. Secondly, it's really important to carefully read the author guidelines because the author guidelines will tell you what the journal wants. So they give you advice about what this, the scope of, of the journal, like what sort of things they'll publish, but they'll also tell you how to prepare it, how many words, and that sort of thing. So writing is a, is a very important thing uh, for us. It's because the, our written discourses around nursing not only do they create our knowledge but they and shape our knowledge, but they reflect our position on things. So it's very important that, you know, that we do write things down and that we do share our ideas with the broader nursing community. So you could be doing something brilliant in, you know, Canberra or Cairns or wherever, but nobody knows about it. Where other nurses, not only throughout Australia but internationally, would, you know, possibly be very interested. So it's a way of sharing ideas to improve patient care and improve, you know, the work environment for nurses and all of that sort of thing. But it also helps other people know what nursing stands for. Like, what do we stand for as a profession? What's our position on certain things? So, but, but having said that, writing is a learned skill. 
So the more you do it, the better you get. And you know, that's just something you learn with experience. The other thing I'd say is, is there's many avenues for publishing, especially these days with social media. So some people I know, they've started out with blogs. Mm. Um, other people I know have started by writing letter to the editor, writing something for the hub or one of the college publications. And so it's a matter of, you know, taking, you know, having achievable goals, but also I'd urge people to think about a writing mentor. So that, you know, seek out a mentor, somebody who has published or who, who writes in a style that you admire and um, seek out a mentor. For those people who are, who are wanting to have a serious sort of research career, that does mean you have to be able to write because research is that you've got to disseminate. And, and seriously, the best way to do that, I know you might not want to hear this, is to enrol in a master's degree or um, even a PhD because in doing that, you'll get a supervisor who's usually extremely experienced. And when they take you on, you'll have them with you for like five or six years, nurturing you and helping you. So that's another option too. So there's many pathways actually. Okay. No, thank you so much. That's invaluable information. Um, to finish off the episode today, uh, Deborah, I'd just like to speak from a perspective of someone who is brand new to nursing. I'll look at someone like yourself who has had this exceptional career. You've done all of these things. And it, again, it shows you how wide of experiences you can have in nursing. I'll look at you within your role right now as, the, as a professor at university, obviously chief editor of the General Clinical Nursing. What it what excites you right now? Like, what is the next thing that's coming up for you? What keeps you motivated from day to day? Well, look, what excites me right now really is people like you, is is meeting nurses that are at a different point in their career. I love working with students, seeing them, you know, they they find their passion for nursing, seeing them have a belief they can make things better for people. And that's the beauty of nursing. In nursing, our greatest resource are our nurses because nurses are so amazing. I've been a nurse for a long time. I'm very proud to be a nurse, but I'm also so proud of my colleagues and the nurses who I engage with and, and the many out there that I don't, but I might read their work or hear about them. So to me, what keeps me motivated is, is my nursing colleagues. And then it's to me, it's so important that as a senior nurse, and I am a senior nurse now, um, people like me have to advocate for the nurses that will follow us. It's really important that we speak up, that we support the, the younger nurses, that, we're, that we see when they need support and that we speak up and advocate for them. And to me, that's the most important thing, I guess, at my stage of career, that you think about as a, the legacy of what am I leaving? What, what are we, we're handing the baton we will be in a few years over to a new generation of nurses who'll be professors and be leaders and run health services and 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 you know create new knowledge and do great work and how do we support those nurses so for me that's that's the thing that really um excites me and and i'm i love it that in nursing we continue to attract bright people who who really want to contribute and we hear a lot about recruitment problems and all of this but actually we also as a person who works a lot with students and young younger nurses or nurses earlier in career we still attract a lot of very very good people into nursing and it is a matter of how do we make it, it better for them 
how, how do we create the environment where they can be the very best they can be? Professor Deborah Jackson, thank you very much for your time to be on the ACN podcast today. Thanks so much, Ian. It was a pleasure.